Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Are you strategic with scripts? Joining me today is Anthony Reese from VO101, an award-winning voice talent and coach. On today's show, you'll discover ways to mark up your scripts for auditions and on work that you've booked. It's amazing the difference that notation makes. So Anthony's 25-plus year career in the industry as a voice actor, sound producer, entertainment casting director, and studio director makes him the perfect guest to discuss this topic with us today. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hey, thanks, Stephanie. Glad to be here. Wonderful. So this topic, it's its something that we all go through every day and, and probably don't think very <laughs> much about. But, but as I was looking at the questions that I prepared in advance and just knowing your expertise in this area, it is actually quite critical that we discuss this today. You know, I find that it is. And when I work with students at VO 101, uh, one of the biggest things, whether they're new or they've been around the block, is quite a few of them are surprised, actually, when I bring up um, script markups. Um, musicians are very familiar with that, uh, marking up scores that they write music and what have you. But very few people in the voiceover narrative world are familiar with this. So it's definitely an, an, a, a, something that's a must know how to do. Totally agree. As someone who comes from a classically trained um, vocalist uh, background, I know that I was constantly putting in breath marks or saying, here's where the crescendo decrescendo is and, and <laughs> where you might, you know, emphasize something a little differently or, That's right. yeah, or color a word differently. So yes, absolutely paramount. I know talent are probably doing this in their heads and remembering stuff and then forgetting it and, and having really inconsistent reads if they're trying to, you know, do something with a script. So I think today this episode will help clear that up for everybody. So, so Anthony, why would we want to mark up a script? And, and I'm sure there are lots of reasons for why actors will do this. Um, but but what are your reasons? What's your take on it? Well, you know, like I said, uh, just like a musician who is writing a score, um, sitting at the piano, um, penciling in the notes and creating their melody and what have you, they make notes. I can tell you right now firsthand that people that have worked for me over the years have gone back to some of my scripts and have gone, look like you're having a heart attack. Where are all these notes all over the script? The reality is, they're not madness. Uh, they they're actually make a lot of sense to me. So the benefit of marking up a script is really to create a roadmap. Uh, you know, when you look at a, a map, uh, they have a legend. And on the map, um, the legend basically tells you uh, details about uh, uh, like a grid of how to get there and the streets and the Googles of the world do, do this nowadays too. But what marking up really does is it allows you as a voice talent before you even stand up and bother to try to record to look at the script and really get a feel for where you're trying to go. What are you trying to accomplish from A to Z? Um, prepping yourself, preparing, getting ready to record. Um, what are you looking for? Why would you want to mark it up? Short and sweet to create a roadmap, to know what you're trying to accomplish, go through the script, breeze through the script, and it's basically find the points within the script that you want to remember so that when you stand up and you're ready to record, you have an idea of where you're trying to go. You know, just like when we're traveling on the highway, we want to turn on the old GPS on our app or whatever, and we want to know where we're headed to, what our destination is. So that's kind of what the purpose is of marking up a script. Wonderful. So um, as you've highlighted there, ha <laughs> ha pardon the pun, but as you've highlighted, <laughs> Anthony, um, you know, there are benefits to adopting this practice of marking up scripts that clearly go beyond just, you know, knowing where you're going, but but having a really great performance too. Uh, I remember back to um, high school in history class, we had this teacher and 
in any way, he was very much adamant that we would learn how to take our notes in a certain way that, you know, use this color pen and, and mm-hmm. make these subheadings and, and, you know, just whenever you need shorthand for something, then make sure that you use it. But, you know, and to this day, uh, you know, it comes to mind as I'm looking through something or making notes, I'm like, oh, I wonder what, you know, Mr. So-and-so would say about this or, or just having that practice in, in creating a muscle, if you will, for, <laughs> for just how you're going to remember something or, or yeah. organize it, right? That's exactly what it is. You know, I had the same way. I had coaches back when I used to play baseball uh, as a young guy. I had acting coaches back when I used to do stuff on the in the early Miami Vice days. And um, I had a lot of different areas of my life that they taught me how to use this. Um, it really helps you, like you said, create a better performance. It helps you get a little better feel for where you're trying to go, what you're trying to accomplish. And it helps you create what I call, in my teaching with students, what I call a soundscape uh, or a sound pack. It helps you develop for every project that comes along the uniqueness of that particular project. The benefits are great because they ultimately assure that you're going to know what you're trying to do with each project, completely different than the last project. One of the things that I find a lot of talent do is we get stuck in this same old song and dance routine of where every one of our auditions kind of start to sound repetitive and monotonous. And back in the day with old sardines like myself who uh, were big fish in little pond, the reality is you can't do that today. With the Gen Xers, Gen Zs, and the Millennials making all the decisions, it's a much socially savvy, uh, savvy demographic that are mostly doing the casting and projects these days. So you have to be able to offer a variety of different sounds, textures, registers, pitches, tones, tempos, inflections, and all the above. You can't just deliver stuff the way that you would um, project by project by project. And I think that's the death of many um talent when we're auditioning is they don't mark up the script to assure that they're going to have a different outcome when they stand up, go in the booth, uh, ready to record or stand up from the mic or whatever and hit record. They don't have any idea of what they're trying to do, where they're trying to go. Uh, there's not an end in mind. What is my goal for this? Uh, and all the elements are really the benefits to marking up your script. That So the outcome is you have a unique sound compared to the last audition, compared to the last audition, and so forth. So kind of benefits are tenfold, twofold, whatever we say in the business. Right. And I'm just thinking back again to a, an experience I had, but but when, say, your teacher, and maybe in the context of VO, someone like Anthony says to you, you know what, we're working on this script, we're going to mark it up this way. Um, there's a lot of deliberateness that goes behind, like why these mm-hmm. choices are being made. And, and as we know, voiceover is all about choices and, and ways that you decide how you're going to say this, where you're going to inflect, That's right. you know, all of that. And if you go off script, let's, you know, using that kind of idea of going off script as in not following the notation or the markups that you've put in, then that performance can be derailed pretty quickly. Really good way of saying it. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people uh, uh, I find when I listen to auditions, when I listen to people's demos, when I listen to any kind of content they want me to review uh, or evaluate, that's exactly what I I can tell. I can tell whether or not they invested the time pre-production, if you will, versus ad-libbing as they go. You know, I believe and I'm a true believer in spending more time on the front end then less time in the actual wasted takes. So you end up with 17, 18 minutes for a 30-second read of wasted takes because you don't really know what you're trying to accomplish. 
by marking up your script, you know exactly what you're trying to bang out. So this way, you're putting out quality of takes, not quantity. It helps you get through more auditions. It helps you get be more productive. It helps you be a little bit more quick at delivering content to the client. So therefore, the more per hour you make as a talent, instead of just winging it, you know what you're trying to do. One of the key um, components of marking up is it helps you self-direct. You know, to be a good, successful talent, you have to be able to self-direct. And when I work with my students, whether they're um, veterans in the business who are refreshing themselves or newbies, I teach them how to uh, put on their self-director's hat. And part of self-directing is developing a good roadmap, marking up your script so that you're kind of, in a way, acting like you're the director prior to standing up and recording the track. Once you've done it, you're going to hear the difference and you're going to plainly hear it when you listen back to your old content the newer content, you're going to have a feel for, yep, I knew what I was trying to accomplish. So that's ultimately what the benefits are in the long run. Yes. A lot of people listening are like, Anthony, what do you mean old content? <laughs> I delete all my old stuff. I don't want to know what I sounded like back then. But but it's such a useful tool, though, to be able to go back and listen to where you've grown and mm -hmm. how much you've grown, right? Big time. And I, I, I tell people, always keep a good month worth, worth of your auditions, especially in the auditioning phase. You always want to keep content you've actually done in the can for a client, at least for a year. And you get a cloud backup or a passport or any of these backup drives you can purchase, but preferably these days in the cloud. And you always want to keep that content for your client for at least a year. Um, because a lot of times what will happen is a client will contact you down the road and they'll say, you know, our project went cold. Uh, we thought it was dead. The, the, we've got the green light now, we're going to move forward about six months ago or three months ago or last month you auditioned for us and we'd like to actually have you um, do a callback. Well, if you haven't kept a hold of that audition, then obviously you got to go into uh, your hard drives, try to find that audition and if not, you have to reach out to them and say, sorry, uh, is there any way you can send me a sample of what I did unless they log in to their uh, their their voices.com account or somewhere mm -hmm. and they can go back and listen to what they did it kind of looks makes you look a little amateur a little green so i'm a big believer in holding on also uh the benefit of holding on to your auditions for 30 days 60 days or whatever is you can go back like i tell all my students uh again veterans or newbies um i go i tell them to go back at the end of every week Saturday morning when you're hanging out and you have a cup of coffee and you got no stress and you're just kind of kicking back at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, whatever, before the world kicks in and you start going out and about for your weekend, go through your week's auditions and listen to all the stuff you auditioned for. And every one of those auditions, the first three to five second clip you play of each one should sound uniquely different. And if every one of them sound uniquely different, you're doing your job. If they all sound pretty much the same, then basically, in the long run, you're going to starve to death because you can't be the big fish in a little pond anymore. Yeah, we want to have our many voice and all that, but part of what marking up the script does, it assures that every one of your auditions are unique to the next because you're, you're making mental notes along the way, uh, and those mental notes become very valuable, especially you'll notice when you listen back to your auditions from the week prior, you'll be able to hear, yep, they sound uniquely different to one another. They're still me, they're still professional, but they're unique to that particular project. So that's another benefit of the markup uh, process. 
it's a roadmap, as you said, right? Like yep. people just, you know, you you know where you're going to go. I guess the audience plays a part in all of this. So if you know who you're speaking to, your roadmap might look That's slightly right. different, right? And in, in just different ways. And um, also, I was just thinking, uh, vocal technique, does that ever show up in your roadmap? Like, or is oh, it more absolutely. about... Yeah. Absolutely. You develop your own process. You know, obviously the first thing is uh, you want to breeze over the script, get a feel for the words, the copy, the message. What are they doing? What is the directive? Once you have that feel and you've kind of breezed through it, you've looked it over, you don't always print out a hard copy of it. You want to have a paper copy because if you have a paper copy, you can obviously make uh, notes. You can mark up the script. You always use a pencil because then you can erase those pencil marks uh, along the way, if, just like when we're sitting there writing original music. Um, but if you learn how to use a pencil and also a yellow highlighter, um, that helps you then start the markup process so that you can ultimately erase them. A lot of people use pens and I tell them no. Next thing that I do is I created that legend that we talked about on the very top right corner of my script. And that top right corner note area of your paper when you print it out, the hard copy, uh, you can note the date, you can note the microphone used, you can note your tempo, you can use any processing, you, you can mention any equalization settings, you can note any effects you use, you know, one word little bullets like down the side on the top, halfway down the side. And what that allows is you to come back down the road and you can literally take a look at what you did on that project. The big thing is microphone changes. If you are a working talent who does a project in an audition phase or you work on a long-term, long-form project and you're working on that project and that client has six chapters now and in a month they'll send you the other three and a month later they're going to send you another six or seven chapters and it's a long-form project, you never want to sell the microphone. You don't no. want to dump the mic. You don't want to all of a sudden build a new studio and build a whole new rig because all of a sudden when you cut section two or module three or chapter 18 and you send it to the client, the client's going to go, wait a second, it sounds completely different. Well, what happens is if you all of a sudden get a buddy who says, hey, man, you know, Amazon's having a great sale. We should buy this new whatever. And you go buy it and then you sell the other bike on Craigslist. What happens in a month or two when that client says we're ready for the rest of this project and you don't have that mic anymore? Uh, so that's kind of the process of starting the markup, printing, using a pencil, making notes on the top. And then, of course, you want to start to focus in on the uh, dynamics and espressos and the stretches and naturals and all the other goodies that part of markups require. I was going to say, Anthony, I think you must have like a huge <laughs> um, filing cabinet of just all of this, like just thinking um, because some people are not pen and paper people and certainly not pen in this case. We know like whenever you do something that isn't going to be permanent, like mathematics or, you yep. know, you might tweak something because, hey, like you might make a different choice. And, and someone might the director might say, no, no, do it this way. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I wrote it in pen. Um, so like, obviously, yeah, I, I agree totally with the whole pencil thing. Um, but yep. just wondering for people who are more into um, marking, marking out their scripts using an app, like on a screen, um, I don't know, like on a tablet, they might have some kind of a tool. Is there anything out there that, that you've seen your students use that you would say is a good choice? You know, not really. I mean, uh, basically what I've seen a lot of my students do uh, is they, they take my advice and they print out a hard copy, the old school style of, of printing out your auditions, you know, put your printer on draft mode. So you get basically a draft, saves you ink, a black and white grayscale draft. 
But a lot of the a lot of the tablets and a lot of the touchscreen type stuff out there allows you to you know use a yellow uh, highlighter where you can touch the screen and circle it and all that stuff. So there are there are uh, devices out there that allow you to do that. You know, one of the very few things that people don't realize is in order to know what you're highlighting, uh, you have to be trained by somebody who teaches what components of the voiceover are important. For example, one of the very first things that I tell people to do when they look through their script and they're thinking about marking up is highlight with the highlighter uh, any of the dynamic words or dynamic phrases that you want to hit harder. Anything that you think you want to progressively uh, enhance, we call that dynamics. And dynamically hitting words and broadcasting that are the price, the sale, the concert, the date, uh, things that are basically um, important dynamically are good things to highlight when you mark up your script. So to go through the script, pass one, read through it, find the actual things you want to dynamically hit harder, and make a mental note to yourself by marking it up, by highlighting it. Uh, the other thing, too, I tell people and I teach is um, draw a line on words that you want to stretch. Elongating words uh, allows us to dramatically stretch a word without dynamically hitting the word aggressively or dynamically hitting it harder. Stretching a word or what I call pulling a word can also be a part of dramatically en uh, enhancing the overall ream. Look at these beautiful flowers. By pulling the word beautiful, I stretched it. You can kind of think of it as the word is a rubber band and you want to stretch that word and it brings a little bit more of a dramatic uh, uh, attention to it by the consumer. So I tell people, mark up the script with highlighting dynamic words, draw a line above the word that you want to stretch. The next thing I tell people to do is uh, when they're looking for expressive words, when you're looking for words that should sound as though it is expressing how it's meant to sound. Adventurous, beautiful, gentle, soft, um, laughter, happy, angry. When you think of words that are expressive, then you want to, there's a reason that the writer, the copywriter, and the author wrote that word in there. They could have picked any word they wanted. They picked that particular word because they're hoping we as the talent will expressively hit that word uh, and make it sound like it's meant to sound. But look at these awesome, uh, isn't she beautiful? Wow, these are delicate. You know, we want to make sure that we dynamically hit words, that we stretch words, but we also um, express those words as they're meant to be expressive. So what I tell people to do is circle expressive words. So I tell them to highlight dynamic words. I tell them to put a line above the stretch words. And anything you're going to express harder, circle that word. The next thing is addition of natural stalls. You want to allow yourself to add additional commas that aren't written in. You and I both know, and anybody listening might not know if they don't, then here's a little tip. Writers write for the reader. Very few people, unless they are veterans at copywriting and broadcast and what have you, and, and manual scripts and stuff, they don't really write for the, if you will, the narrator or the voice talent. They typically write for the reader. And in that case, they may add a comma here and a comma there and a period mark and a semicolon or an ellipsis or whatever. But the reality is, if you read it exactly as they uh, write it, it comes out a little bit sounding like it's read. If you allow yourself to add those natural stalls or natural pauses, it allows for you to create a cadence and a conversational and a flow that allows the consumer to stay in your shadow. So besides the natural stalls, 
Add pauses along the way that you feel naturally, not crazily randomly, but naturally fit so that the consumer can stay with you. You want to keep the consumer in your shadow. So if the consumer is right with you, you are going to retain them and they're going to retain what you're saying. If the consumer falls behind you because you're blasting through and you're only hitting the commas, but you're blasting right through those, like rolling through a yield sign, you're not really coming to a yield, a comma, then you're going to lose the consumer because the consumer is going to fall behind you. And the addition of natural stalls is something I tell people to definitely add. Natural stalls are simply put in writing in your own comma. So those are some of the items that you should think of when you're marking up your script and how to use abbreviations and notes and symbols along the way to help you mark up some of those items. It sounds like this is very personal, you know, having your own legend or roadmap. Uh, it, there isn't one size fits all for this, from what, it, from what I'm hearing from you, Anthony. It's kind of certain markings will mean something different to everyone. Um, and especially if you've, you know, already had a marking scheme that you use perhaps uh, in a musical context, you can just adopt that same one and transfer it over to your voiceover. Career, Absolutely. Right? That's well said. You know, that's exactly the idea is whatever fits you, whatever works for you, whatever note you want to make. There are standards that I teach, but as long as it makes sense to you, um, you want to, you know, utilize that markup for yourself. Uh, another thing to do is I tell people to not only draw a line over words they want to stretch for dramatic purposes, but they want to also underline words they think are words they want to remind themselves how to make sure they pronounce properly. You know, one of the biggest things in the audition phase, a lot of, a lot of talent make mistakes of, is they don't take the time to learn how to pronounce the name of the company or pronounce the name of the doctor or pronounce the name of the product. And if you're sending in an audition and it's got a name drop attached to it and you mispronounce it, chances are they're probably not going to hire you because they're going to say, well, if this person didn't even take the time to investigate on the internet how to say our name and our product, and mm -hmm. you know, you got to, you got to take that into consideration, that attention to detail. I had a guy years ago that I did a eye project with, with Johnson and Johnson, and he mispronounced glaclomane. That's how he oh, said it. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, now dude, in the audition, you say glaucoma. How did you go to glaucoma? He says, I have no idea, man. So he had a recut. Uh, <laughs> he had a recut like eight pages, ten pages of narrative. Oh no. And I'm thank God I look at everything uh, that I allow talent to run with. I direct and I get the first couple of pages and then I let them run with the rest typically. Um, so I'm a big believer in check your pronunciation and underline it. Um you know, there's a, so many different things. One more other item, and I'm kind of done with what I, I, I recommend, is what register are you using? Are you voicing this in your lower? Are you doing the middle? Are you doing this upper? What range, tone, pitch in everybody else's language? We, I call them registers when I teach my students. And then once you make that note, on the right-hand side and the top, you'll have all those different cheats ready to go. Aside from what you mark out on the body of the script, you'll have all these notes written really small on the right-hand side. So I think you'll find, and people listening are going to find, if they do this and they rehearse the script a hundred times till the cows come home using this, after they've done this three or four or five times, they will find this is something that you can learn how to do off the top of your head by looking at the script and then bang, going at it before you even get up out of the chair. 
Yeah, it's all second nature at that point, right? Like, you know, you learn your own system, you use it. Uh, you, I was just thinking back to when, um, you know, the teacher would say, oh, for commas, when in doubt, leave it out. It's like, no, we actually <laughs> want to be adding more commas. And it sounds like from what you're saying, because there's these natural pauses, these these times where we need to just step back and have a breath and make it sound a little more natural. Exactly right. And, you know, uh, one of the things that somebody asked me the other day when we were talking about this was he's a big believer in an ad-libbing type of uh, recording process. He's a believer in um, some of my best takes are my first four or five, man. You know what? Well, I, <laughs> I agree with that. In the gaming, animation, uh, character world especially, uh, yeah, there is something to be said about ad-libbing. There is something to be said about maybe not necessarily – Marking up the script in all cases. There is some projects where you may get a, a cartoon script sent to you. It may have seven lines that you're auditioning for, or you may be hired to do 12 lines and that's it in a secondary role. And the reality is you probably don't want to go through that entire script because it's probably 40 pages long and you're looking for just your name unless they put an excerpt out for you, a rip out of all your uh, dialogue. But the reality is, in those chance cases, you probably want to ad lib, say the line two or three different times, and then send them give or take three takes of each of those lines. That probably isn't always a case for marking up your script. But there are times where it's advantageous, as you hear in the narrative world, the broadcast world, and longer reads. Um, probably eight out of ten times, it comes in very handy. But there are times of where I'd say, no, no, if you're doing characters or you're doing cartoon voices or you're doing a animation project or a gaming side pack or a bunch of Wawa or whatever you're doing, yeah, there's no reason. Typically, your script is line eight and then you're in scene three, line two, and then you're in scene nine. So, yeah, you can't really mark up that, so to say, script, uh, but you can go through and you can make mental notes if you want on the script of what you want to do. Uh, just quickly, uh, just sarcastically. Maybe they didn't give you stage direction, and you know this line is meant to be a little bit sarcastic. Maybe you can make a mental note next to the sentence, real small in the parentheses, sarcastically. And then down the road, another line that says, angrily. And you can give yourself a little bit of extra stage direction. That would be the extent of what I've used and what I've recommended uh, for marking up in a cartoon animation and, and uh, acting environment. So. Yeah, I was just going to say animation is probably not the place where you want to make annotations on your screen because everything changes so quickly based on an, uh, the direction that you're receiving. Although what you do want to spend more time on, dear listener, is your character development and just things that you want to write down about the voice and the placement of it and, and just how to remember like, well, how did I make this character voice? Because I, I like That's those exactly tips that you right. had earlier, Anthony, about, you know, writing down even what microphone you used for this particular session and, and kind of documenting there in case you should have to go back and do that read again or, or recreate something. Um, having that audio reference is also good too, because not everyone learns by reading things. They often by hearing um, or by doing. So uh, if you need to ever go back, everybody, and just like listen to a, an audition that someone had, like obviously keep them, like Anthony's saying, have a backlog. And if you're on Voices, then you know that your auditions are there in your account. You can easily go back and yep. find them. And and you can even see what you said to the, the client and you can look at that job posting, get more context for what it was that you did. Uh, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of good reason. I can't think of one reason to not mark up your script and have it backfire. I know that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, but as we've been talking, it seems like, you know, there really isn't a way for um, a marked up script to backfire unless you are 
uh, possibly putting in the wrong markings <laughs> or you're like you're doing something that doesn't make sense. So um, w- one last question here before we go, Anthony, but how important is it that someone actually takes the time to read the copy aloud before they do their marking up? Like is, is there's just markings that come to you naturally because you've read it aloud and then you kind of jot them down to remember what you did? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, going back to what you just said about making sure that you uh, allow yourself a couple passes through the script before you even bother to mark it up. Uh, going to the animation character stuff, uh, short and sweet, you want to definitely allow yourself time to uh, research and develop, create the character's backstory, allow the characteristics of the voice, all the stuff that I talk about in my, uh, my character uh, development webinar as well as my character uh, stuff that I teach and what you guys have there. Um, is explore and develop and, and play with the character before you even bother to do anything with it. Once you find what makes that character who she or he is, what's their backstory, why they got the personality, you almost have to create a fictitious background, a life. You have to almost uh, make um, note of why is the character angry. And once you find all the motivation behind this fictitious character, you want to allow you to create the characteristics, the traits, the different sounds, the textures, and all that. The same thing happens when you're doing a uh, a dry read. You look at you get an audition in from Voices.com, and uh, it says a very small amount of direction, like a lot of them, you know, pretty much limit us. Uh, we're looking for this and that and this and that must be this and that, and that's kind of what you get. And then you kind of have to wing it. And this comes from for all of you experienced talent. You understand if you're a newbie, this comes from experience. This comes from the school of hard knocks of being in the trenches of doing a couple months worth of auditions at uh, Voices.com. It allows you to develop uh, over time the process of elimination by going through the script first. Once you breeze through the script and you've read the script, you got familiar with the copy, you got familiar with it enough to where you can't do anything with it till you own it, as people hear me say all the time when I teach. You can't play with the copy until you own the copy. Once you own it, you got to feel for what's going on, what's being said, who, what, when, where, why, all that stuff. Now you print it out and you can go ahead and start up your markup. As you evolve as a talent, you will slowly start to get even sharper and sharper and clearer and clearer at doing this uh, to the point of where down the road, you'll be able to hopefully off the top of your head, project to project, decide what you need to mark up and what you don't need to mark up. Um, But sometimes less is more. But I'm a big believer in just whatever you can do to mark up the script, even so that when you go to record, you've got a pretty good idea of where you're going with this particular audition. And it's going to enhance your odds. Absolutely agreed. And I think that that's a, a wonderful place for us to close because everything you've just said kind of leads into people going out and trying to do these reads and coming across auditions and, and getting coaching too. Uh, so Anthony, I know obviously you, you're coaching, you do all kinds of different things in your career, uh, but where is the best place we can go for people to learn more about you and what you do? Well, I would recommend they go to vo101.com and take a look at the different training that I offer there. I do uh, demo production, I do evaluations, I have a uh, live beginner plan, I have a live intermediate and advanced plans. I work with new talent, I work with talent that are in the business that are looking for higher end quality techniques. Um, I look for, I work for talent that are are not only uh, looking for refresh themselves, but talent that are looking for the opportunity to enhance 
they're offering. Uh, so that's kind of it in a nutshell, what I, how I approach it differently in a way. Well, great, Anthony. Thank you so much for that. So everyone knows to go to vo101.com and you can find more information there. Well, Anthony, it's been a real pleasure to catch up with you and to hear all about this topic of marking up scripts today. Well, my privilege, and I'm glad to be with you guys. Thank you so much. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for listening to Vox Talk. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Our producer is Jeff Bremner. Our special guest today was Anthony Reese. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.